Hello, and welcome to Too Stupid to Live, a podcast that reviews romance novels $5 and under. I'm your host, Becky Feldman, and on today's show, we are returning to the high seas to review a pirate romance entitled What the Parrot Saw. And What the Parrot Saw, like, just hearing that title, like, it initially, like, it doesn't sound like a sexy book. Like, it sounds like a kid's book that's, like, narrated by a parrot who's, like, pointing out shapes and is like, man, that's a triangle. But boy, was I wrong, you guys. This book was so sexy. Um, it is written by Darlene Marshall, and it is currently $3.99. So this book is a historical romance, and if you're looking for other historical reads, especially Regency romances, I think that now is the perfect time to support indie authors and pick up The Ideal Countess by Katherine Grant. If you like authors like Julia Quinn and Sherry Thomas, then you're going to love this novel that is about a love triangle. Who doesn't love those? The parrot pointed out that's a triangle. The parrot also knows there's a love triangle. Anyway, listen, I'm just like making, you know, connections here. I have a lot of time on my hands and my brain is going a mile a minute but anyway um the ideal countess was also a finalist for the national indie excellence award and you can head over to tstlpodcast.com for links on where you can purchase it so uh today's guest is one of my favorite people neil gauche he is a stand-up comedian um i perform with him when live shows were still a thing at the ruby la listen Maybe one day on the line, down the line, we will uh, do a live show again. Um, and Neil just came out with a new podcast called Papaya Nine, Not News, with Neil and Jonas, where they discuss slept on current events. So I just realized I talked like a mile a minute. Um, I just woke up from a nap, so I'm probably like newly energized. But um, regardless, it's just because I'm so excited about this episode today. So please enjoy our review of what the parrot saw and what did that parrot see well you're just going to have to listen to find out neil welcome to too stupid to live oh my god <laughs> it's an honor, it's an honor. It, oh my god what do you consider an honor because this is not it i don't know why you said that uh an honor is being part of something bigger than yourself much like, much like uh, our boy, Oliver. My, you are so right. You're just like making that segue right into the book. Um, but before I, we begin, oh, go ahead. No, I mean, I just like, I, I was telling you right before this, I just have never read a book like this before ever. So you've never read any romance novel, like nothing like sexy? No, no, I've never been turned on by a book before. <laughs> It's like weird. It's been um, happening for centuries. So many people have been writing naughty things. Very naughty things. And yeah. I just didn't know, I just didn't know it, it, it could really, uh, really hits you different. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So this was, I mean, yeah, I'm so happy you asked me to be on this. Oh my God. I'm so thrilled you're here. Um, so we are discussing the book, What the Parrot Saw by Darlene Marshall. Um, it is currently $3.99, and I'll just read a quick synopsis. Um, worth every penny. It was worth every $3.99. I mean, off the bat, just by the way, I think this whole, this whole episode is going to be about how this is our favorite book of all time. I'm just predicting this. Yeah, I think you're right. <laughs> okay. All right, so... In the seas of the Caribbean during the 19th century, Englishman Oliver Woodruff finds himself going from heir to his father's business, to captive, to cabin boy, to lover, to decoy for the elusive and intoxicating marauding Maddie St. Armand, a.k.a. captain of the ship, prodigal son. But don't call her a pirate. Call her perfect. Because to Oliver, that is what she is. But can Maddie navigate? the treacherous waters of opening her heart Ugh. to love. Ugh. The ultimate voyage. That's exactly it. That's a good tagline for the book. Listen, um, that was, you know, it's funny, like you, you read the book and then you hear this synopsis and you realize the synopsis can't 
at all capture um, the the passion uh, displayed in this book. No. Um, but you know, yes, we do. We do have our characters and our place. Uh, Oliver Woodruff. Mm-hmm. He's he's the son of a. Um, he like his he's the son of like a um a. a, a like was it a like a like they make clothes? What what's the thing where they make clothes? Cotton mill, cotton mill. A cotton mill, yeah. I don't think they made the clothes, but they made they spun the cotton. Yeah, it's a mill, and so he's like this kind of rich, uh, you know, private. I think of like a private school lad. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, yeah. And then he meets Maddie, who's this pirate. Maddie's so badass. She's amazing. She's the captain of a ship uh, called the, what was it, the Prodigal Son? The Prodigal Is that how you say it? Prodigal? Prod, prodigal? Prodigal? I think it's Prodigal. Two idiots are hosting a <laughs> podcast talking about books and they can't say words. <laughs> oh my gosh. I, uh, yeah, I think we need to clarify to any, everyone listening, like, we don't know. We're not an expert. I mean, you you more so an expert than I. My but. podcast is called Too Stupid to Live. <laughs> don't worry. <laughs> I can be as dumb as I want. <laughs> so can you. So, Prodigal. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> uh, prodigal side. Mm-hmm. And, uh, she, she's just like, you know, she's, she's in this anti-slavery uh, group. Mm-hmm. Literally, they're bringing slaves in the Caribbean and Florida in the 19th century. Mm-hmm. Just like such a dope cause. Yeah, Super absolutely. Woke. That is woke. The whole book, I have to say, is pretty woke for like a historical book. It was like the most like historical, historically like woke book I think I've read in a while. <laughs> well, that's what I wanted to ask you. Is this genre of book typically like very progressive with like? The recent ones are, I would say. They're like a lot that I just feel like maybe at some point, which is happening right now and probably started maybe two years ago of like people getting the hint that's like, oh my God, we really need to acknowledge, if we're writing something in history, (laughs) we really need to acknowledge like the shitty things that happen because then it just looks like you're like whitewashing it. You know what I mean? Right, totally. And I mean, there was a, I think like, in the first like third of the book when they first gets on the ship there's like the undercarriage of the ship where there's like the slaves Mm -hmm. slaves were like diverse as hell there's like a there was like a dude slave woman slave a chinese slave uh like an italian slave like it was just like wow this is a progressive you know like this is the pamphlet of what you would want for slavery you know it's diversity (laughs) (laughs) across Uh but i mean yeah it felt like there was a conscious kind of effort to do that stuff and it was good it worked out it didn't feel like you know like kente cloth like Mm -hmm. pander no not at all and it did like talk about like kind of the larger issues uh like because she was talking about like okay oliver you own the cotton mill but where are you getting your cotton? You're getting it from slave labor. You have to change the system. Oh, what an, what an amazing message. It was such <laughs> an amazing message. And it's like that kind of stuff, like I ne- that kind of like message or just like was not something that I've read before in terms, like usually the books that I've read are just like about people's like interpersonal things and like Mm -hmm. their own obstacles or themselves or the people around them. But like looking at like society as a whole and the economy as a whole, I was like, Whoa, good on you, Maddie. Yeah. And like the, you know, even the, even a, a white guy being uh, like in service to a woman of color. Like that's so dope. Like she was the leader the entire time. And he was like, you know, Oliver was like down, which is cool. Yeah. It was hot. I think it's like a turn on for people for people attracted to men. They're like, yeah, you're not gonna put me on a pedestal. You're gonna let me do my own thing. Wow. Not let me do my own thing. Of you're not gonna have a problem with me doing my own thing. That's what I meant to say. Right, right. And um ugh. <sighs> 
such a, you know, wow. It's really, you know, I, I need to say too, like, I think I emailed you this, but like, I, I like full blown like AP test studied for this, like the last three days, just like mm-hmm. crammed the entire book. Mm-hmm. I did too. Such, okay, good, good. It's just such a ride. Like I, it was so cool. So yeah, I, I really felt like it was just like this epic, epic story. Like there were so many adventures. So many layers to it too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's talk about Maddie. She's like, when we first meet her, she's rescuing Oliver or she's like, Cap- Oliver is our main guy. He's like a writer, very sensitive, isn't, hasn't really like traveled anywhere, but he's in a brothel for some reason. I kind of forget. <laughs> I think he wanted to leave England. Yes. I don't know. He was yearning for more. Yes, yes. A captain, Captain St. Armand, is like, I'll take you to my ship. And Oliver is like, there's something about this captain that I'm not, that I can't put my finger on. Yeah, because it, it's it's a male captain, mm-hmm. as far as we know. Yeah. And... Uh, yeah, so th- there's like the threat of like, you know, like I'll, she has a deal or a, something that she owes to this brothel owner, uh, mm-hmm. Maddie does. And so she's like, okay, I'll just like toss you to the sharks, essentially, like when we get to Nassau, I think, or like you know, mm-hmm. the island. And so they like, yeah, right. They, they get on the ship and then it's kind of this, you know, it's that like first kind of like first act, like you're, you're now, you know, you're new to this environment of the ship and everybody's like shitting on you and you don't know how to cut potatoes because your hands are soft and like, yeah. you know. Bad potato cutter, that whole hazing. You know, when you're like getting into a new club and they're like, you can't fucking cut potatoes. <laughs> You know, we're auditioning for an improv group. Like, yeah, yeah, your scene work was fine. But what can you do with this russet? <laughs> if you want to work your way up to an improv team, you got to start You got to start at the bottom of the improv theater, taking level one and cutting potatoes. <laughs> <laughs> first, the first six weeks are about potatoes and the last mm-hmm. two weeks are about improv. There's nothing like cutting potatoes for full-time improvisers. <laughs> And every team name is potato related. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all about it's all about taste. <laughs> guys. Oh my god. Uh, yes. Um wait, yeah. what were we talking about? Improv. Um Oliver joins the improv team on the ship. <laughs> yeah, oh, well speaking of improv jokes, the, so the thing is called what the parrot saw. So obviously there's a parrot. Yes. But in the game of the scene the parrot is labeled a cat. Yeah, this is a little funky. Like the cat identifies, I'm sorry, the parrot is identified as a cat by Maddie. Well, the parrot, I guess, we don't have too much of a backstory on this, but the parrot thinks it's a cat. And if you were like, hey, if you were like going to turn to the par- parrot, name's Roscoe, great parrot name, well, cat yeah. name. But if you were like to turn to Roscoe and be like, oh, aren't you a cute little parrot? Roscoe would be like, what the fuck? I'm not a parrot. I'm a cat. And then you are in that situation. You're like, whoa, I'm not going to. Seems like a touchy subject. It's like this parrot is uh, maybe doesn't know where it's at. No. In, in its own identity. But the, yeah, I guess the parrot purrs like a, it's like a parrot. No, the parrot also does this interesting thing of like really taking a liking to Oliver most of the, when he gets on the ship. Mm-hmm. There is kind of this like, because I was wondering the entire time, I was like, okay, so what is going to be what the parrot saw? But I think what the parrot saw, you know, I mean, maybe we can get to it later, you know, that seems like maybe the final, the final bow to wrap. Yeah, of what the parrot saw. Because the, yeah, that's, well, because when you pick up a book that's the title is what the parrot saw, you're like, well, who's the, like, I, what did the parrot see? But like, we're the parrot too. Like, what did, oh, do you know what I mean? Wow. We're the, we're the parrot. We're on the perch. We're on yes. the perch. Thinking. Repeating. Yes. Are we cats? We're trying <laughs> to figure it out. Yeah. 
<laughs> because I feel like in my life right now, I don't know about you, but I just feel like I'm just a parrot thinking I'm a cat and that <laughs> is just where I'm at. <laughs> <laughs> Um, who's your who's your like uh, master who's like whose shoulder are you on like honestly i feel like my body is cut up into a million different pieces right now and i'm on everyone's shoulder whoa oh that's a very sad answer oh i meant it as like self-deprecating oh wait whose shoulder are you on right now um man if i was roscoe Mm -hmm. i'd be on maddie's shoulder Mm, hmm. Okay. If there was a shoulder, like of a person in this world, yeah. like that exists in this world, if you can be on anyone's shoulder, who would it be? I mean, my first gut response is mm-hmm. like Lavar Burton. That's a good shoulder. You know, and then people would be like, "Oh, Lavar Burton," and it would be like this fun thing maybe that we could have together, and. I don't know. I just feel like that, yeah, that life could be very soothing and um, enriching for a parrot. Yeah, I, I like it. I like it. Yeah. So I was reading Rainbow. Are you kidding me? Oh, yeah. I, there you go. Yeah, yeah. He'll, he'll enable, enable me to be more than just a parrot. I could be a, a cat. Oh, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. You, my hand is on my heart. See, I would be on the shoulder of John Lithgow, and I don't know why. Wait, wait, it was John Lithgow. He was was in Harry and the Hendersons. He was the guy in Third Rock from the Sun. Um, He was in The Crown just now. You know who he is. You'll be like, oh, that guy. I just want to be on his shoulder. I just love... (laughs) Yeah, 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 this guy. Don't know why. Don't know why. (laughs) Oh my god. He has quotes, by the way, on his Wikipedia, like, little breakdown. Mm-hmm. First quote, I have a lot of faith in people. Who doesn't want to be on a shoulder that says that? Want to be on a man's shoulder. <laughs> he just seems like a nice guy. He still uses double spaces between his sentences on tweets. <laughs> I want to be on your shoulder. You're like a big, like big lift girl. Like, oh, I'm a, I'm a lift girl, you know what I mean? <laughs> Oh my gosh. Oh man. Oh man. Another tagline for the book. Yeah. That's going to be my autobiography of (laughs) Lift Girl. (laughs) Oh my God. Oh man. Just put on your tombstone. Oh yeah. It's already there. I already erected it. Don't worry. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, um, yeah. So wait, Maddie, she's, her thing is that she's like a master of disguise. Yes. Yes. She dresses up as, um, men, women of like different statures of different walks of life. And she's like, um, that is her life. She's always shape shifting. She's always not quite, um, fully jumping into one identity that's like mm-hmm. kind of her, you know, she's a pirate, it's like living the moment. Like, yeah. All that, all that stuff. So those are kind of like, you know, those are her barriers that I think she puts up. Oh, yeah. And it's like, you don't know who she, like, you know who she is. I feel like you don't, it's interesting that the author doesn't like, start like it's all Oliver like in the first few chapters and like Maddie you're just like is the is I honestly thought I was like is there a female character in this book um and then she comes up and then by the end you know exactly who she is versus you know exactly who Oliver is in the beginning right he's kind of like yeah he's like the voice of reason for the entire Mm -hmm. book yeah yeah um oh what else um okay so I want to talk about the sex in this book. Great. What? So this was the first time. So like, how did you feel about like reading sex in a book? Like, was it mind blowing? Like, what was your reaction? It was just like the, the detail. And like, I mean, it was really a nice change of pace. Like the, you know, 
ugh, I don't want to get too like societal, but it's like we're like the internet porn generation, you mm-hmm. know? Like gratifications like need to be like, I'm gonna I'm gonna like look the thumbnails or like I'm gonna fast forward to like the part that I want. And this was Yeah, like, where the thing goes up on you know <laughs> usually like on the thing where you see the most amount of views, you just scroll there and you're like, I know where I'm going. Right. This is where the people are at, you know, I'm mm-hmm. hanging out. Um but this was like literally you have to go through each beat of it and it was like it's like, whoa, I never whoa. never like think about that. Mm-hmm. Like a, um, I don't know in that like detail I don't know it was just really good yeah really I good. loved it and I thought the sex was like not van- the sex is in vanilla which I really liked which is like something that was enjoyable to read from that's I kind of also made the book modern too you yeah. know what I mean interesting yeah, yeah. It, it, it like wasn't you know, like like the the most enticing parts were the stuff, the foreplay. That mm-hmm. was like the description of that stuff. And you know, they they hook up like I would say the middle two thirds of the book is just them. Yeah, getting down right. And mm-hmm. Like maybe they they basically they hook up. They go on an adventure, furthering like you know getting the slaves freed, and then they hook up again, and then like you know it just goes and they fall more and more in love. It's like the middle middle of it. And every time they hook up, it's like stakes are a little bit like, you know, you can feel like the emotional stakes are there. Also, like stuff's a little more like, she like massaging him, like coconut oil and like he's tied up in the mm-hmm. massage. And man, well, it's wild times. Yeah. I, I wanted to know if that's like language usually, is it usually like that or what is it more like? Um, well, well, let me just say to the listeners, there was a pegging scene. This was the, she pegs him. Um, like, oh, yeah. 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 So yes. that was the first time I think I've ever read a pegging scene. Um, but to your question, there are all different sorts of things. Like, you know, there's a range of like, there's no sex at all. And it's very like quaint and, you know, not. Um, descriptive and then you know there's full-blown like erotica where you know it gets just like even more wild than what we read where it's like the story is you know there's no story it's just sex and it's like great that's fun I, I'm here for it right. but this I would say is like kind of in the middle um, yeah. but you know there's plenty there's just there's like a whole array of like different like levels of heat yes yes and she does I think one of the passages I highlighted was I don't know how you do the past. But you can read it now. Listen, we're we're talking about it. I think, I mean, oh, I think one of the passages I highlighted was the um, the pegging scene. Ooh, I think you might need to read it just to for everyone to know how beautifully written this scene is. Sure, sure. Okay, okay, okay. The air, oh my God, okay. The air hung still between them, and he disobeyed orders and tore the silk off his eyes, looking over his shoulder at her. Maddie sat back on her heels, her hair plastered to her forehead, her golden skin sheened with sweat, her eyes black and wide, and the pulse in her neck throbbed in rhythm with his heart, a syncopation of lust and desire. But what mesmerized him was the ivory dildo rising from the doe-skin harness around her hips, gleaming pearl-like against her skin, cunningly carved to simulate a cock. I mean... That's bars. It's raised. That's bars. That, yeah, that's just like... Yeah. I yeah. Feel, yeah, I feel like... If anything, you learn an important historical lesson. You learn a lot of historical lessons. Like the author does include real like historical facts in it, which was very interesting. But also we learned there are double-sided dildos back in the olden times right. and strap-ons. Because she says at the end that like she he was like, Your turn or whatever. And she's like, Oh no, I already had an orgasm. It's like a dildo that like pleases me too. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Uh- and made of ivory. So, I mean, that's quality elephant <laughs> husk, you know? 
There's nothing like killing an elephant for your own satisfaction. Can you imagine, like, if dildos were, like, the primary reason that, like, elephants were killed and we just didn't want to admit it because we're, like, so puritanical? Yeah, this is, like, way pre, like, pianos or, like, <laughs> any sort of typical ivory. The first, <laughs> the first reason people hunted. <laughs> like, we got to stick something up in us. That's right. what human beings yearn for. Right, and doing it with the elephant is just proven to be so difficult. Mm-hmm. People, I'm sure yeah. people tried, you know, live elephant. can't sit still. <laughs> also, the core strength you're going to need. <laughs> <laughs> and you have to be outdoors, because, like, who hasn't, like, an elephant-sized house? I know, and then, you know, you have to go to a zoo, and that's weird. The tickets are so expensive for that tier. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, right? Like, you know, <laughs> elephants live in zoos, I'm pretty sure. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, the dope sided dildo. It's very dope. Very uh, dope. There the was. The do- I'm sorry, the doe skin oh. harness. The doe skin harness. Um, thankfully, there was a doe that she can make the harness with. <laughs> you know. That's that same climate, you know, elephants and does. Mm-hmm. Definitely the same. Maybe, el- and why is an elephant skin, like, good enough to be a harness for an elephant dildo? Listen, I'm sure someone tried and failed. <laughs> and how they failed is only up <laughs> to our imagination. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay, wait, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah, in terms of, like, It being, like, very modern, I feel like she wasn't, like, she's not afraid to express herself, you know, in in stand up for herself, like, in life, and it also goes to the bedroom as well, and so the scene that I wanted to read was kind of, this was the first time they have sex, Um, and um, so she, they are having sex, and this is towards the end, and he's about to, you know, blow it. In a good way. Okay. She knew even before he did that he wouldn't be able to hold out. So she let him go, savoring his sounds, the hot rush of his seed inside her body. When he collapsed atop atop her, she rolled them to their sides, and he struggled to get his breath back. That was amazing, he gasped. She smiled tightly. Her pretty cabin boy still had lessons to learn. You're not done yet, sunshine. She took his hands and showed him how to touch her, and his eyes widened as he realized what she meant. He was an apt pupil, his long fingers finishing what they started, and when she hissed yes in his ear, she clutched his hand inside her, holding him as a miser holds gold, never wanting to let go of the treasure. They both lay on the damp sheets, panting. Then Maddie reached up and brushed his hair off his forehead, smiling at him in the lamplight. Now you are done. Ooh. Heat factor 11. <laughs> oh my gosh. I mean, it's just so, um, you know, that was the first time. He did, he did, he did come rather quickly. I think in, I think in every, every aspect. Sure. Because his experience level is, he has an odd sexual history are all yes. he does and it was fascinating and another fascinating thing is that he wasn't afraid to like tell her yeah yeah he had no shame about um who he was or like what he stood for which was really cool like he never mm-hmm. yeah yeah but his his first sexual experience was with a paid like he like he was a teen and like but you know when you're a teen and like the homies are like hey you gotta have sex now and you're like, yeah, I know. Uh, and then they're like, well, just go to the brothel. And so you go to the brothel. Oliver goes to the brothel. He pays this woman. They start doing it. But then he hears a child crying <laughs> behind the screen. And he realizes that this child's mother is the woman. He's, he's, uh, he's, um, What's the word I'm looking for? Having sex with? Having sex with. Mm-hmm. Well, so, kind of, yeah. As a principal, he goes, I can't do this. Can't have sex with a, a mother with a child, which is such a low bar <laughs> of standards. But <laughs> listen, 
he did it. Yeah. What a good so, guy. What a really good guy. I mean, that really separates him from from the others. Oh, sure. Yeah. And the Maddie, I think if I recall correctly, Maddie wants to sleep with him. And he was just like first, you know, and he's like, I want to sleep with you, but not until I know that you want to be with me and that this isn't just like a yeah. physical thing that, you know, one and done. Like this has to be special. Right, right. Yeah, the standards were like, I'm not just going to be some other, you know, some like uh, flash in the pan. Yeah, yeah. He's like, it was, and I think maybe that brothel experience for him like established that. Like he knows, he mm. like he's very forthcoming in his beliefs and doesn't, doesn't, he, he, but he's also willing to learn. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so that, I mean, that kind of ties into his like function in this operation of like trying to, because Maddie sees value in him as like, you know, cause he is principled, he's well-spoken. He's a white man from Britain, like merchant of a cotton mill or whatever, or like cousin of a merchant of a cotton mill. And so she sees like, while there is like that sexual attraction, she also sees like a real value in him as far as like getting her job done. Yeah. Um, yeah. So what she needs to do is that she's part of an operation to help smuggle slaves to freedom. And she she needs him to pretend to be like a slave buyer. And it's obviously like he's a white guy. So obviously it's easy to get away with. So they go to Florida um, and he like does his transaction, but then shit goes down. Yep. Yep. The, uh, well... Oh my gosh. So, I mean, are we talking about the, the part with the, like the daughter, not the daughter, but the, the little girl and her mm-hmm. aunt? Yeah. Yeah. So they are making an escape with two, um, the two of them. And then like Maddie's like singing a song. There's like a song and then out of the, out of the brush emerges like an aunt and her, her niece. Yeah, because it was like this signal. Because it was like this very like intricate like spy. You know what I mean? Like there's there's yeah. passwords and like yeah. signals and stuff. It's very like in you know, which I think it was really was like that. Um, and like that was borrowed from history, but it is pretty fascinating. Yeah, it was like something like I think she called it like a reverse underground railroad thing. Mm-hmm. Like, and by reverse, not, like, a place that would take freed people and take them on a road. To right. I feel like, because technically they're, they're going south instead right. of north. Yeah. <laughs> when I first read that, I was like, well, I don't think that's right. <laughs> um, but, yeah, not the best yeah. choice of words. I, uh, yeah, I can see that. Um, but they, they were, to go south, like, freed slaves would run away and go south. And so Maddie was, like, um, you know, would transfer them, essentially, to the ship. To then to free the Caribbean, yeah. And uh, which, yeah, is like an actual historical thing mm-hmm. for dope. Um, but yeah, so they're like, um, they're setting up camp. They're going to leave the next morning. And then there's like a, a, a bang of hounds in the distance. And that's when Oliver goes, all right, you, you guys got to split. I'm going to distract them. I'm going to run off, right? And they have this like momentary... I'll find you again and yeah. uh, kiss and then they run off. They go one way, Oliver goes another way. He eventually gets caught and his whiteness saves the day. <laughs> For sure. He gets caught by a marshal and like two cronies mm-hmm. and just is able to just talk his way out of it. They're like, sure. you know, they're like, you know, a guy like this, we got to give him due process, which, you know, hey, Maddie was right. She, It's exactly what his function was. And I think Oliver even acknowledges that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. She was just like, well, when she like first gave him the idea, she's like, you're a white man and this is what you're going to do. And he's like, I understand my privilege. (laughs) Yeah. Just like, yeah, that was very cool. Um, And yeah, so then Oliver gets taken captive Mm -hmm. or he goes to court, but then is sentenced to 30 days in jail. And he has to have his hand branded. Yeah. 
with SS or something. They're like slave. Yeah, like slave stealer. Yeah. Yeah. And so there's this whole hullabaloo. He gets the hand thing and he like loses faith in Maddie because she said mm-hmm. she'd come back and then she didn't. And he doesn't. And he was like getting sick. Like the hand got infected. So I think he got like, and he got like full on sick and like he like lost use of his hand. Like it was like a fucked up hand injury. injury. Yeah. Yeah. And like, man. Yeah, that is gross. Right? It was really gross, yeah. Um, but Maddie finally finds him. How yeah. did she find him? Oh, she he sneaks out of he goes out of jail with her. So yes, yes. So so they um so because of his status as like a British whatever uh merchant, the like the British post on the island sends somebody for him after like six days in jail or something. So he's like out of it, decrepit. And a guy shows up to like transfer him to the British like compound. But then they get on that trail, they get um, crossed by Maddie and her mm-hmm. two dudes like in masks. Yeah. And then there's a reveal of like, oh shit, Maddie came to save him. Mm-hmm. Ultimately. And then there's this amazing like, she nurses him back to health with mm-hmm. all the, like, a really cool like a tea, like a tea compress. She puts like tea on his because I think it's like supposed to help with infections. I like I rock with that so much. It's like such an Eastern like medicine, like you know, mm-hmm. yeah, like tea would. That's yeah, and she I don't know. She just takes care of him, and you know, there's this whole section earlier about her how she learned on her first ship of like how to be a, a surgeon or a nurse and mm-hmm. feeling that. But it's and it's also the, you know she's taking care of him on the one hand because it's the duty, but then on the other hand she deeply loves him and is like nurturing him yeah and she feels guilty um and she's scared i think there's also she's like also really scared that like she loves him right that is a really big part of it Mm -hmm. because yeah yeah, making herself vulnerable like that is like going against everything that she built her life around absolutely and so you think that, like, when she, like, takes him, well, for me, I thought, like, okay, like, she's making him better. He proposes he's going to say yes, end of story. Not the case. He proposes she loves him. She admittedly loves him. But then the next day, she runs off. Right. And they, wow. That tore that was, my heart out. It was rough. It was rough. I, I only knew... Yeah, that had to be the case because there was like 60 pages left in the book. And I was like, okay, there's no way this is the end. Well, uh, yeah, I thought like, okay, this is going to end. And the next part is just the first three chapters of the next book. But I was wrong. I was wrong. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Do they do that sometimes? Yeah, sometimes. Not the first three, but like the first one yeah. chapter. They'll like, yeah. Ooh. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, yeah. So Oliver is like. He's, a, he's so upset, and then it just, like, I mean, it hard cuts to him just, like, back in England. Mm-hmm. With his mom and his family, and, like, he's back in that civilized state. And this is where, this is where this was definitely, like, okay, this is a book. This is a fake story, and obviously mm-hmm. we need to, like, shoehorn away for Maddie to come back and do his life. Right. Um, but, so, I'll... I don't even know. Do you want to explain this? Because I, I don't even understand. So what he- Oliver like goes back and he's like dead set on finding Maddie. He's like not like he gets the thing of like, I love you so much and I'm leaving you that whole, you know, letter. And yeah. he's like, I, I d- disagree. <laughs> I don't accept this. I do not accept this, Maddie. Okay. And he finds out that Maddie, Maddie's actually from England, right? Like, her father, she's the illegitimate child of her, of like this baron and a freed woman. Mm-hmm. Um, and so she goes back to her mom um, and, you know, like kind of, you know, the, the thing of like, oh, my child, it's been ages. Like, I, I see that you're in love and you don't want to admit, you know, that whole thing. It's just like, how do you come back from being a pirate? Like that, I don't know. It's just your mom was treating it like it was just like a study abroad or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. You see, like you've lived some, you know, so it's like she's like killing people. And- yeah, you took your gap year and now it's time to settle down. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just, it's really fascinating. She's like this, you know, amazing hero. And then she goes back to like her little 
Mm -hmm. Um, and so I I feel like I'm glossing over something, but Oliver's Mm -hmm. mom wants to have like, she obviously is like, I want you to marry, you know, that mom thing. And so she holds like a party for him for all of like the eligible women to, to, um, meet him. And Maddie somehow gets to that party. Like, like she's invited. She's invited because Maddie's stepdad mm-hmm. uh, is a shipping, runs like a shipping company. That's right. And Oliver goes and wants to go into business with him. That's, that's it. And so mm-hmm. that was kind of like. How he gets her. Yes. And then that they see each other again. And then, you know, there's like the whole thing of like, you know, there's the stuff we want to say and do but we're in this like meetup ball and you know it's kind of like oh man will they won't they and then they do they do yeah um there was a final thing where he kind of defends her honor where so back in the caribbean or in florida maddie gets into a bar fight this was actually my favorite scene Maddie dressed as a man, like, is just, like, gets into a bar fight with these dudes who are, like, cheating at gambling. Yeah. And um, Oliver is there, and then afterward, he, and Oliver's there, he just watches it, right? And then afterward, she was like, you, you just, like, didn't come to my rescue, or, you, or no, she didn't say that. She said, you, why didn't you help me fight these guys? And he's like, oh, I knew you could handle it. And she was like, oh, thanks. And that was, like, my favorite interaction. <laughs> Well, that was that. That's like the most fascinating dynamic part of their dynamic to me is like she really like he. She doesn't need his service, like as far as like you know your typical idea of like a male in a relationship is like oh the physical protector, but mm-hmm. she didn't him in that sense at all, and I thought that was really cool, mm-hmm. um, and how he like was kind of like yeah I know she can take care of herself and I think they were like disguised too and Mm -hmm. he could he also like couldn't right otherwise it would be like a weird look um right yeah yeah but yeah that was super that was super cool and I think they had there was also like some really cool like Oliver (laughs) was like uh like role playing, like fantasy role playing, like when she's dressed up as a man, mm-hmm. the, you know, the the ivory dildo, and that was all like super. Like it wasn't. It was just super cool, and like mm-hmm. it wasn't like a. I don't know. It just it, it wasn't so. It it kind of broke the generalized idea of like romance in a fictitious sense in a lot of ways it was like super i don't even know what i'm saying anymore no i know exactly what you're saying i feel like this author took like because like i feel like pirate like you know even if you don't read romance you know the fabio book cover pirate romance thing you know and i feel like the author took that and not only like and she dissected it. She didn't even like reverse the roles of making like Maddie the male role and the, you know, Oliver the female role, but she like tore the whole genre itself inside out, you know, and it was so good. Yeah. I like, yeah, just like really appreciated how unexpected a lot of it was. Mm-hmm. And I never felt kind of unentertained. Like, even even with like the the you know the mates on the ship like Turnball and mm-hmm. you know all these like rap scallions but they all like serve this captain and like gen- the gender doesn't it's just not defined at all by like any sort of societal typical societal standards but then like oh, yeah it's just like super cool yeah I completely agree so on that note. What do you think the parrot saw? <sighs> this is, I don't know the answer either. Well, I don't know. Well, well, okay, here, I have a passage. Okay. This, this may not work, but, uh, okay. Well, let's see. What did the parrot see? 
Okay, she called him sunshine, but she was the ocean. Dark and mysterious in the night, warm and embracing in the sunlight, always shifting and changing, holding secrets and danger in her depths. One cannot hold the ocean or know it in its totality, but he could explore it, and he did, starting, yeah, okay, and it gets very, like, sexual, but Mm -hmm. I think it is that. The parrot saw the ocean. Oh, yeah. That's what the parrot saw. (laughs) Beautiful. The lost theme song. Oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I don't maybe a parrot. What do you think the parrot saw? I think the parrot saw. I think the parrot saw in, in his own way, revolution. Wow. I think. Wow. Because I feel like change comes on the individual level, and these two changed, defied the roles that society, you know impresses upon them and when two people do that it grows like a good virus not a bad virus but you know like it just feels like when you see one person being able to change their lives for the better the rest of us can change our lives for the better Mm -hmm. then there's a revolution wow the fucking parrots saw that parrots saw the revolution revolution lowercase r a lowercase r revolution. I mean, everything went to shit. I mean, I hate to tell a parrot this, but like things went way worse. Yeah, it it doesn't doesn't get much better. But you know what? Maybe maybe in that small way, it did happen. And maybe yeah. that's the point. Maybe you're right. Maybe it's just what can happen in your own orbit. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. The, the last paragraph is 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 this. Okay. And whatever the parrot saw, he refused to speak of it forever after, except to occasionally mutter, buggering beats when his master and mistress were caught kissing, as they so often were. Aw. Maybe the parrot just saw love. I th- That's true. You know? It's mm-hmm. the parrot is Cupid. Yeah. That could be it. Maybe the parrot, yeah, the parrot is the cat. Parrot is Cupid. The parrot made it happen. Wow. Well, I mean, who knows? Maybe Maddie, you know, maybe Maddie was like, oh, I'm not sure about these dudes, you know, like going around the islands, you know. Mm-hmm. She's hooking up with men and women. Mm-hmm. And uh, I can't find anything steady, but it's okay because I got this business. Maybe I'll let this parrot decide for me. Yeah. That's a stable choice. Absolutely. It's the choice of, of, a, of a stable, smart person. When in doubt, leave it to a parrot. Leave it to a parrot. I think that's my biggest takeaway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So I know you haven't read romances before this, but on a scale of like A through F, like A is good, B yeah. F is bad, like school. Um, yeah. I don't know if you remember school. Um, um, how much did you like enjoy this book? Like how good do you think it was? I... Honestly, would give it an A. I give it an A. I give it an A plus. I look. This is my first one, so I'm not. I'm hesitant for the plus, but this was mm-hmm. like a quality book. Mm-hmm. Like in every, I don't know, because I was like you said. You see the cover. The cover, by the way, the, the the person who's modeled as Maddie does not do her justice. No, and I feel like the cover isn't even. A person like I feel like it looks very much like it was a graphic designer <laughs> cart- you know what I mean is that a I don't know no I gosh, how do I see like it's not, yeah it's uh it really is doesn't look like a person because the jaw the right side of the jaw is uh that's not like a person's jaw it's, no no it feels, it feels like, like it's a little on, on Microsoft paint yeah <laughs> uh-huh it's definitely MS paint yeah, yeah, but and she's like too fair skinned, I think. Yeah, for for Maddie. Agreed. But, but th- that's that's the thing that tripped me out. Was it? So she was English the entire time. Yeah, well, her dad is. Her dad is English, right? Her family lives in England. She was, she was born there, but then she kind of just maybe like 
I just can't imagine an English English person getting that tan. Right. That's my hangout. Well, like, yeah. She would burn. She would burn. No well, she was, there. but but she, her mom is black. Was that right? She's. Mm-hmm. Oh. She's mixed race. That changes literally everything. Yeah. I, I rescind my, my previous... Uh, oh, no, previous that's okay. Story. Yeah. I'm sorry, Britain. You know? No, it's fine. Listen, and I feel it, but you're right about her skin tone, though. She does look very light, and I, was, I don't think she was described that way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And for shame, you know? I know, the, yeah. Would, would call the publisher and demand <laughs> change it. Maybe they will. Maybe they will because, like, what the parrot's all, you know? <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! I but yeah, dude. I'm like, so I, I'm, I'm like, oh, I, I want to read another one, but like, I, this was, I don't know. It's almost just like a perfect. I almost don't want to taint it with reading another thing. Sure. Listen, you you do you. I am so glad you enjoyed it, though. Me too. Yeah, and I enjoyed you being a guest on the podcast. This was so fun. Good morning, everyone. This is Jeffy Kennedy, and I'm here with my first cup of coffee every morning on Mondays, Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays. I'm an award-winning author of fantasy and romantic fantasy, and I chat with you about what it's like to be a career author. I honestly share my daily challenges and triumphs in getting my novels written. I give insights into the business side of being a writer and reflect on leading a fulfilling and creative life. Sit down and have a cup of coffee with me. Too Stupid to Live is part of the Frolic Podcast Network. For more podcasts you'll love, visit frolic.media slash podcasts. Thank you so much for listening and have a great rest of your day.